Hello, everyone. Today marks the one-year anniversary since I started this podcast. Glory to God. Um, So on this one-year anniversary, I encourage you to pick your favorite episode, send it to a family member, a friend, send it to someone that needs encouragement, someone that needs to be built up in their faith, especially in the times that we're living in. There are so many people that are bound up, that are confused, that are living in fear, and people need the Word of God. And so um, on this episode, I'm going to be kind of kind of a little bit continuing on what I talked about in the last podcast about knowledge of God's word. And I want to start by reading this scripture in uh, 1 Timothy 4.13. Paul is telling Timothy, until I come, give your attention to public reading of scripture, to exhortation and preaching, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. And so the reason that I started with this this verse is because, you know, I feel like, you know, like I talked about on the last one, there is a lack of emphasis on the importance of knowledge of God's word. And even like he says at the end of that verse, they're instilling doctrine. And, you know, just hearing the way, you know, some people talk who have even been in church for, you know, a while and you hear some people talk and it's it's crazy how many people really don't even have good doctrine <laughs> these days and you know it's so important in the days that we're living in that you know what you believe that you know what what <laughs> what Jesus has done for you what belongs to you and so that's why you know also Paul told Timothy study to show yourself approved a workman that needs not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth So what does that mean? That means in order to not, if you don't want to be put to shame as a believer in the hour that we're living in, you must study to show yourself approved. Because obviously, if there's a right way to divide the word of truth, that must mean that there's also a wrong way to divide the word of truth. So it's important that you study God's word so that you're able to rightly divide the scriptures. Because there's tons of people, I mean, like in the past year, probably more than ever, that you hear people taking all kinds of scriptures out of context totally out of context they're they're twisting them you know and it's like that's why it's so important that you have a full understanding of the full counsel of God's word you know that you understand the old testament in light of of the new testament redemption that you understand the gospels in light of the resurrection and the ascension and so that's why that's what i want to talk about on this podcast is the gospels versus the Pauline revelation, because I'll tell you that this revelation changed my life. And I do feel like there's many, many people that do not understand the difference between the gospels and the Pauline revelation. And so maybe you're like thinking, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) So I want you to just think about this with me. And this is something that E.W. Kenyon talks about in his book, New Creation Realities. Um, It's something that he noticed in his study of God's word is if you read the gospels, you'll notice that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John they they really didn't speak of anything concerning um, the substitutionary work of Christ, the fact that he became sin for us, the fact that we were going to become the righteousness of God in Christ, all the things that are written in the Pauline revelation, the epistles, you know, you know, the books like Ephesians, Galatians, all those kinds of things, that revelation, you really don't find it in the gospels. 
which is crazy, which really is crazy and just goes to show how supernatural the Bible is because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they wrote, they didn't pen the gospels down until after the ascension of Christ. So they were penned down after the fact that they knew, they knew and understood what was going to happen. They knew and understood what Christ did when he died on the cross. Yet you see in the gospels is what, what we would call the sense revelation of Jesus. It's what they could see with their natural eyes, what they heard him say with their natural ears, what they felt him do when he laid hands on people, you know, all those kinds of things. So really the gospels is the sense knowledge revelation of who Jesus was when he walked this earth and understand that the gospels, Jesus was here on the earth and he was on the outside. You know, he wasn't living in people yet. He was walking this earth. He was doing the works of God. He was revealing feeling the father, right? And so understand that when you're reading the gospels, you have to read the gospels in light of the resurrection and the ascension. We are not living in the gospel days, okay? And that may just, I hope to not burst any religious bubbles on here, but I'm sorry to tell you that this is not the gospel days. Jesus is not on the outside. You are not trying to follow Jesus around and get to where he's at. You are, understand that when you're reading the gospels, the people that are coming to him, the people that are, you know, saying that they're putting their faith in him, they're trying to get a miracle from him, they're they're following him around, they're they're trying to get something from him. Understand that that is symbolic of the unsaved person. Okay? So if you are born again, which most of I think most of the people listening to this podcast are born again, if you are born again, when you read the gospels, you are not the person on the outside any longer. Okay. Jesus, when you, once you're born again and you read the gospels, Jesus came firstly to show us the father, but he also came to show you who you are as a new creature in Christ. So Jesus, when he walked this earth, he lived his life as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He gave up his rights, even though he was God, he was God, but he became fully man and he operated in his earthly ministry as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So when you read the gospels, stop reading it as you're the person on the outside trying to get something from Jesus, trying to follow Jesus around trying to get to where he's at. That's no longer you. Once you're born again, this is the Pauline revelation said Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now Jesus, when you're reading the gospels, Jesus came to show you who you really are. Now that you're born again, he came to show you who you really are. And I'm not saying that you can't read it, you know, both ways. There's value in reading it as you're the person coming to Jesus. Why? Because he's the living word. So when you read it from the other angle, it's you coming before the word of God, you grabbing a hold of the word of God. So I'm not saying there's not value in reading it both ways, but understand that religion always tends to gravitate to the previous dispensation. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, the religious people, they wanted to go back under the law. They wanted to go back under the Old Testament. And so similarly today, religion wants to pull you back to the gospel days of Jesus on the outside, Jesus out here somewhere. And so that's why I want to get you to switch, you know, switch your perspective. And so I want to read a story out of the Old Testament, which is a type of all this. And so, you know, understand that the the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. 
That's why it's important to you have to read the Old Testament in light of Christ's resurrection. You cannot read the Old Testament and try to put yourself back under the law because understand that this was the dispensation of the law. This was not the dispensation of grace. But you read the Old Testament through the lens of the Holy Spirit and he reveals all of the Old Testament is types and shadows of New Testament realities. So I'm going to read a story to you, or I'm not going to read it. I'm going to kind of jump around and paraphrase it here. But this is a type and shadow of what Christ did. So it's the story in 2 Kings chapter 2 with Elijah and Elisha, two different Elijah and Elisha. Um, And so this is a type. Elijah is a type of Jesus and Elisha is a type of the church. So it talks about how um, Elisha was following Elijah around. Everywhere Elijah would go, Elisha wanted to follow him. And so he was following him around and he didn't want him to leave this earth. And so that's exactly how the disciples were. When Jesus was on the earth, they followed him around. They were looking for him. This was the man that had the power. They were, they were going to him for miracles. They, were, they wanted to be where he was at and they didn't want him to leave the earth right? And so that was Elisha. He was following Elijah around every city he went to. He was following him. And he said, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. He was, he refused to leave Elijah's side, right? And so, but it says, you know, that um, in verse in verse eight, so it's, you know, Elisha is following him and Elijah says he took his mantle. He struck the waters and they were divided here and there. So Elijah did a miracle and Elisha watched it and just followed him, followed him. He was the one doing the miracles. But then he says, he says, before Elijah went up into heaven, he says, ask what I shall do for, do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And Elijah answered him and said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. And so So what happened here was Elisha was following him around, but when Elijah was taken up into heaven, it says that he dropped his mantle and the mantle is a type of the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit on someone's life. So Elijah, a type of Christ, when he ascended into heaven, he dropped his mantle and he left it for Elisha to pick up. So understand this. I want you to grab a hold of this. So what is this signifying? When Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't just he didn't just leave the the disciples, you know, as orphans. He said, "Wait, I'm sending you another." He dropped his mantle. He dropped the Holy Spirit. He released the power so that his followers could now take the thing that made him powerful and put it on them. So Elisha picks up the mantle Elisha picks up Elijah's mantle and puts it on. And then it says that he strikes the waters and they divide in two. And he performs the same miracle that Elijah did. So this is why Jesus said the same works that you see me do, you will do and greater. So Elisha had a double portion of Elijah's spirit. He did the same works that Elijah did and greater and greater. And so understand This is, and this is the problem with many believers. They are living 
pre-ascension. They have a mentality of they're always trying to get something from Jesus as if Jesus is up in heaven or out here somewhere. He's out at the next revival meeting. He's the next, he's with the next man of God. And they're always trying to get something that's out here somewhere instead of realizing that Jesus has dropped his mantle to you. He's given you the power. He's given you the anointing. He's put something on you. The same thing that Jesus carried that made him able to supply the needs of mankind. He's now put the same thing on you. So you're no longer in need. You no longer have to be following Jesus around trying to find this or that or whatever on the outside. Christ now is on the inside of you. You are now the one that is sent to your generation to do the works of God. That's why Jesus said in John 20, 21, as the father sent me, so now I am sending you. So the same way that the father sent Jesus into the world, Jesus has now sent you. And so I I want you to grab a hold of this because it's so important to understand and get rid of the mentality that you, you are the person that that's, that's, that's crawling on your knees to the feet of Jesus, trying to get something from Jesus. Once you're saved, you're Jesus is in you. So now you take the position in the gospels of Jesus. That's what you're to be doing. You're to be, you're, you're a carrier of power. You're a carrier of what your generation needs. And what's so powerful is, you know, Peter grabbed a hold of this. Peter grabbed a hold of this revelation after the day of Pentecost. And what was Pentecost? Pentecost was the releasing of the mantle to the church. It was Jesus casting down his mantle or the anointing onto his church. And I love this, that right after Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit and he received the mantle, he received the power of God in Acts chapter three. He sees a man that was lame from birth, crippled from birth outside the gate called beautiful. And the man, what did he tell the man? He was crippled from birth and he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So what does that mean? That means that Peter was aware. I have something. I have something. I want you to say that where you're at. I have something. I have something that my generation needs. I have something on the inside of me that those who are lame, those that are crippled, those that are sick, those that are bound, they need what I have. I'm not trying to follow Jesus around and get something from somewhere, but I have something. I have something. I'm not in need of something. I have something. Why? Because Jesus lives on the inside of me by his spirit. I've been clothed with the same mantle that he carried is on me. I have the mantle. I'm not trying to get to someone else that has the mantle. I'm not running around trying to find a man of God that has the mantle. I myself have the mantle. I have something. What I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. So Peter grabbed a hold of this, but understand that the religion is always going to try to put you back in the dispensation of the gospels. Religion always tries to get people with the mentality of Jesus on the outside. That's what religion is. Religion gets you always with this mentality of you have to go to the man of God, or you have to go and try and find 
somebody. You got it. Jesus is out here somewhere on the outside and we just need him. We just need him to come and help us. You know, it's, it's the wrong mentality. And I, and I want to prove this to you from scripture. Second Kings two, right after Elisha, he puts the mantle on himself. Elijah's gone. He's ascended into heaven. And Elisha is starting to do the same miracles that Elijah did. Okay, he's walking in the power. He he he's understanding. I just received the mantle. I just received the power. And lo and behold, let me read you the next scripture. What happens right after that? Verse 16. It says, "Behold now, there are with you serve your servants 50 strong men. Let them go and search for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him on some mountain or in some valley." Okay, so what's the first thing that happens? Elisha starts doing the same works that Elijah did. And then there's, there's some people come up and they say, oh, why don't you send your men to go search for Elijah? Maybe he's here somewhere. So religion always wants you to get your focus of now you're trying to search out here for what you need. But Elisha already had the mantle. Elisha had the mantle on him. He didn't need, he didn't need to go find Elijah anymore because the same power that made Elijah Elijah was now on him. So he didn't need to go out and try and find Elijah. And really, Elijah wasn't even there. He descended into heaven anyway. But of course, these men say, you need to go out and search and try and find him. Maybe he's somewhere else. Maybe he's just transported somewhere else. And Elisha said, Elisha said, don't, don't send them. But they urged him. They urged him and urged him. And he said, he finally said, fine, send the men. And they searched and searched, but they couldn't find him. And then Elisha said, didn't I tell you not to go looking? So basically, what is this? It's a waste of time. People are looking everywhere for something. But really, it, when the revelation comes to you that Christ is in you, everything that you need is in the anointing and you have the anointing. You, you don't, you're not trying to get anointed. First John 2, I think verse 20 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have the anointing. You have something. Say it again, wherever you're at. Say, I have something. And you can say, like Peter said, when this revelation comes to you, you realize you're not the person on the outside trying to follow Jesus around, trying to get, get something out here. And I hope, that, I hope this is clicking in your spirit. You understand that the gospels, you're not living in the gospel days. You must read the gospels in light of the Pauline revelation, which is Jesus Christ now lives in me. So you're not the person, you're not the person on the outside in need of a miracle. You're the person now carrying miracle power. You have to, you have to make the switch in your spirit. That's why I believe that Paul continued to tell, he encouraged Timothy more than anything. You need to instill doctrine in the people and you need to study to rightly divide the word of truth. Because if you are reading the Old Testament and you are reading the gospels and you don't have a revelation of what Paul wrote to the church, the Pauline revelation that Christ now lives in you. If you don't have a revelation of the new creation of, of the rebirth of the fact that your spirit has been reborn into the realm of the living. If you don't have an understanding of that, now you are a carrier of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, then you're always going to be the person in need of something.
But instead of that, I pray that you switch your mentality today from that you're in need of something, that you stop trying to follow, follow something out here. Stop trying to follow and get to this man of God or that man of God, but understand that you have the mantle. The mantle has been dropped on you. You are now the person that is anointed to do the same works that Jesus did and greater, that you have something to give. You have something to give. I don't care if you got saved yesterday. You have something to give to those around you, which is the Holy Spirit. It's Christ in you, the expectation of glory. But when you get the revelation that Christ is living in you and the anointing is on you, you begin to expect to see the glory of God in your life. You're not expecting to see defeat. You're not expecting to struggle. You're not expecting to, to continuously battle the same things over and over again, but you begin to expect to see the goodness and manifest glory of God in every single aspect of your life. And I pray that as this revelation comes to you, as you begin to, to walk in your identity as a person that you carry the mantle, you now carry the mantle and that Christ lives in you. I pray that you reread the gospels and you read it through that lens, that you're not the person on the outside, but you're the one, you're the one that can do the same works that Jesus did. And I pray that that revelation comes to you. And as it comes to you, that you begin to walk more than ever, more boldly than ever in your identity in Christ in Jesus mighty name. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.